Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. Today, I want to talk about building trust, because people buy from people they like, but more importantly, from people they trust. And I was reading a quote, and and again, I apologize because I don't remember it, but it talked about You know, when you trust more, the cost of sales go down and the velocity of the deal goes faster. And I think it's a book called The Speed of Trust by Stephen Covey. uh, And I'm guessing at that. But just that phrase that if you have trust, you reduce the cost and you increase the velocity of the sale. In other words, you shorten the sales cycle. Now, why is that? Well, when you gain trust, things get done much quicker. In other words, because I trust you, I don't have to put you through a lot of efforts to help you gain my trust. So it also increases the sale because if I trust you, I'm just going to take your word for it. Hey, let's go ahead and do the deal. So how do we build trust? I've had this question asked many times and I've covered it in other podcasts. And I've talked about, for example, you know, when you make eye contact with somebody or maintain a level of eye contact 50% and above during a conversation, if you're holding eye contact 50% of the time and above, you actually build a level of trust with the customer. I also talked about in the past something called information asymmetry. In other words, you typically as a salesperson have a lot of information. In fact, you have the information so down that it's almost second nature to you. But when you're talking to a client for the first time, and that's the first time they're hearing the information, to them it's new. And so our ability to adjust, in other words, to kind of slow our roll down, in other words, talk slower, talk at their level first, in order to then rise them or raise them up rather, you know, is the best way to develop trust. Because if I know more than you, I'm selling to you and I'm talking about things you don't understand, your brain immediately says, you know, I don't don't really understand everything Victor's saying. So you know what, I'm I'm just gonna have to think about it. But if I as a salesperson take time to explain, say, look, when I say this, it really means this. And then I use analogies. It's almost like when you have this, it's almost like having that, you know, or use simil- you know, similes, whatever it may be. When you can communicate the information and again, raise the customer's product IQ, you build trust. Another thing you can do that's simple, we talked about this when I talked about Moravian's experiment with how do you get people to like you, is that you watch the tone of what you say. How you say something matters. The tone, are you speaking with authority, with confidence? Because if you're not, the customers will sense that. But also speed, again, you want to adjust to velocity. How fast they talk is how fast you want to talk. If they talk real slow, then you need to slow down. If they talk real fast, let's get to the point, then that's what you have to do. So that's what we've talked about in the past. But today I want to give you three more things that you can do that I think are like, you know, great moves that if you apply them during the sales process, you'll increase the velocity of that sale. The first one is, I want you to tell your client something they don't want to hear. Let me say this again. I want you to tell a client something they don't want to hear. When you tell a client something they don't want to hear, immediately they register this person is being direct and they're being honest. And it's something they sometimes don't want to hear. Now, you just don't tell them something they don't want to hear and just leave it at that. Maybe you tell them something they don't want to hear, but also you present some good news. So it's almost good news versus bad news. In fact, one study showed that, you know, if I were to ask you the question, if you're talking to a client, what type of information should you present first, good news or bad news? What do you think as you're listening to this podcast? If you're talking to a client, should you present the good news first or the bad news? 
Well, the answer is it depends. If you have a motivated buyer, somebody who's already pretty much bought into what you're selling, then you just give them all the good news. And then towards the end, you put in those little caveats. Yep, here's all the good news, but the only thing I need to mention is that this will not be included. Is that okay? And they're going to say, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's okay. But what happens when you have an unmotivated client? You know, that, that crabby know-it-all client who just has his arms crossed, has that look on his face, the screw face look. And so you should you present the good news or the bad news? Well, studies have shown that you want to present the bad news. Now, this is important. Pay attention. When you have one of those skeptical, cynical type of buyers, give them the bad news first. Just basically let them know, here's what we're not going to talk about. Here's what's not included. Having said that, Now let me talk about what we can offer you, Mr. Client. Now, the reason you want to give the unmotivated, cynical, skeptical client the bad news first is, first of all, it's almost like a pattern interrupt. It wakes them up like, wow, I can't believe Victor's being so direct. But also they're thinking, at least he's being upfront and honest. And that's what skeptical buyers like to hear. Be blunt upfront and then give them the good news. A skeptical buyer hates, hates When they're skeptical and all you want to do is talk about unicorns and rainbows that come out of your product, they want to hear, look, tell me what doesn't work. And then let me make, let me decide if that's a deal stopper or not. And then let's talk about all the things it can do. So keep that in mind. Number one, tell them something they don't want to hear. That builds trust and credibility. Number two, tell them something they haven't considered. Oh, this is important. Maybe as they were making a buying decision or going through the buying process, there was something that they didn't think about, that they didn't consider, and I call it insight. Remember this, information beyond the obvious. That's what insight is, information beyond the obvious. When you tell a client something that they haven't considered, an unstated need, you now position yourself as a trusted advisor. In other words, they're like, wow, never thought about that, Victor. In fact, if you can load your presentation up with two or three things that they haven't considered or thought about, that's even better. So really think hard about what can I say that I know the customer doesn't know or hasn't considered. Maybe it's a piece of data. Maybe it's a study that you just found on their business, and maybe they haven't seen it. What can you tell them that they haven't considered? It's like when you go to the mechanic, and the mechanic tells you all these things. Look, all this is going wrong with your car, but the one thing I want you to consider is this right here in order to save you a lot of money there. And immediately your brain says, huh, never thought about that. I'm glad you brought it up. See, that person has now positioned themselves as a trusted advisor, and that's what I want you to do. So number one is tell them what they don't want to hear. Number two is tell them something they haven't considered, an unstated need. The last one, this one requires a little bit of faith, but studies bear out that this does work. Tell them something about you or your product And I want you to tell them something that is a weakness or a shortcoming. Yes, I want you to admit a weakness or a shortcoming during your conversation. Nothing generates more sympathy, if not empathy, that when somebody says something like, you know, that's something, you know, I'm not really good at, so I can't really speak to that right now. But then you say, but this over here is what I understand, and here's where I believe we can help you. Now, when you admit to somebody that you don't really know as much about a particular item, then that builds a level of trust. Now, again, don't state something that's going to undermine your sales success. I am simply saying that it's okay to admit a shortcoming. For example, let's say you're selling a technology product 
And now you know enough about the product to do the presentation, answer what I call surface level questions. But what happens if they bring an engineer, a chief operating officer into the room, and now they're asking questions about integration, you know, a portability to other systems, you know, how would it work at an enterprise level? And you know that now you're out of your depth. You say something like this, Mr. Customer, I'm gonna to have to bring in the big guns for this conversation. I said, I, I feel like I'm out of my depth here, but I wanna bring somebody in that I know will be able to answer your questions and answer them accurately. In fact, let's get them on a conference call right now. In other words, I admitted a weakness, but now I provided a source of information. In other words, I'm gonna bring in an expert. And what do you think the COO or whoever's on the other side of the table is gonna think? Wow, he admitted he didn't know, and instead of lying to me or kind of playing, you know, winging it and just coming up with some answers, he actually got a source on the phone to answer my questions directly. That is how you build trust. It's okay to say, I don't know, let me go find you the answer or let me bring somebody in who I know will be able to answer that. So if you wanna build trust, again, tell them something they don't wanna hear. Tell them something they haven't considered, an unstated need, and it's okay to tell them something about you or even your product, a weakness or a shortcoming, and then provide an upside or a resource to resolve that problem. So again, building trust is key if you wanna sell more and you wanna sell faster. That is it for this Sales Influence Podcast. Don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. By the way, many of you have left feedback, especially on iTunes. I really do appreciate that. That helps me, uh, makes it more popular. We just exceeded a new level in downloads this week, so I'm super happy with the number. So thank you again for listening. I know you have many options, but I'm glad you like to hang out with me once in a while. Also, check out my sales training website, seminarsonselling.com. You'll find videos to help you grow your sales team. Now, somebody told me, because I sell the offer, the package for $1,000. Somebody actually said, Victor, that's too expensive. I said, no, your value proposition is too low. Because if you're losing deals today because you're not closing, ask yourself, how much is that costing you? And I'm sure it's far more than my program. Anyway, lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes. But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.